Blog Talk Radio. You know, church has become so commercial until we have gotten away from its true purpose. It has become such big business until we allow people to operate and function as long as they have something to bring to the table. People are now more concerned about recording and living in life of the rich and famous rather than knowing Jesus. For the true purpose of the church is so business, not big business. I don't know about you. But I would rather have nothing and no Jesus than to have everything and not know Jesus. You need to confess it today. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Light of Portland broadcast with Pastor Kimberly Black from Greater St. Stephen Missionary Baptist Church in Portland, Oregon. Do you know Jesus? Did you know he could live in your heart if you invite him in? the next song you hear prepare to be blessed of the Lord prepare for a move of Holy Spirit prepare to know Jesus in your heart Of your people, so we offer up this 
can we do that right now? Just welcome him. Come on. Oh, we worship you, yes, Jesus. we do, Lord. We magnify your name. Come on, welcome him tonight. Come on, come on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise and worship, but I want them in your hands. So please 
Govern yourself accordingly to our announcements. Amen. I want to say thank you to Brother Farrell, Mother Kimmins. Uh, they went on yesterday uh, to the uh, National Organization of Black Law um, Enforcement Noble, put on a workshop yesterday for the churches in our city talking about church safety. And so I want to thank them for coming. And uh, Mother Kimmins said something yesterday. And I'm going to ask our sisters from Spokane, y'all just plug your ears for a moment, because um, I don't want y'all to hear, hear me fuss. When we are asked to go somewhere, we need to go. Mother Kimmins said, I'm, I'm real nice. I, I don't, you know, say, get, go, and go. And, and, but when, we, when you see stuff and they say, we are going and we are to be there, we need to be there. Yeah. Amen. This was information that was going to, is going to help us, and it's going to protect us. This was. This was not a church service. This was talking about church safety. It talked about the parking attendant. It talked about the greeters. It talked about the usher, and it talked about the medical team. And me and Brother Farrell and Mother Kimmins, we ain't all for their team. <laughs> that I sent that text message to should have been there. Amen. That's enough for that. All right. So you got your announcement. Govern yourself accordingly. Amen. Amen. Let's go to our lesson. Let's go to our lesson. Uh, how we found it over there, Sister Commission. All right. Wonderful. We um we are broadcasting um through a call where our people that are sick and shut in, people that don't live here in the state but love to worship with us, they call in every Sunday morning at 12, and then Sunday night at 8 o'clock they can also call in. You can call in, too, from Spokane at 8 and worship with us at 8 o'clock. Um, so that's why I want to check and make sure everything sounds good over there. Um, how many of us have the opportunity to read at least Monday and Tuesday's um, weekly readings? Okay, how many of us had a chance to read our lesson? Okay, well that's that's what I'm talking about. That's what we're that's what we're doing. Um, do y'all know that for the last three years we have been using our Sunday school book thoroughly. We have not missed a Sunday with our Sunday school lesson. And you asked, you know, um, my supervisor asked me on uh, on on last week what was the message about. And I told him, you know, what the lessons was. And he said, Kim, you preach that? And I was like, yeah. And so I said, um, I said we, what we have been doing since COVID is using our Sunday school book. Every member has a Sunday school book. Every member has been charged to study the word of God, not because the pastor says so, but because the Bible says study to show yourself approved. And so we put the material, we put the tools in the people's hands. And what the Lord said for me to do when we were at home during COVID was preach from the book. He said, you cheated. I said, no, I wouldn't say that I cheated because I still had to study. And I had to dig deep and pull out how we could take that lesson and apply it to our lives. So I really don't feel like I cheated. I feel like I'm giving up that booster shot that we need every day 
till it's holy, until it's righteous, till it's blameless, till it's corrupt, perverse nation. So um, I, I, I want to encourage you again. If you don't study the lesson, do the weekly weeding. Did I say that right? Weekly reading. Sound like a tongue twister, Brother Phil. But do the weekly reading. If you don't study the lesson, do something to help you know what we're going to be talking about when we get here on Sunday morning. So you're not lost. And you can keep up and your mind won't drift off to your grocery bill. It won't drift off to my to-do list. Because you've invested some time and energy and you know, I know what Pastor going to be talking about a little bit. She might say something I ain't heard before, but I, I got some kind of ground. All right, let's, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we just thank you for uh, your peace. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We ask that you would bless um, Elder Minnieweather, who is away um, on assignment. Ask, bless Pastor Sherelle. Bless, bless Mother um, Harris, Lord God. I haven't heard from her today. And so, God, we just ask your blessings to be upon all of those that are um, away from us right now. Um, we ask, Lord, that you would, um, I echo what Sister Tanya was praying about our city. Uh, we're grieving, we're hurting, and not only here, but in Mississippi and California, Lord God, we're hurting. And we just ask, Lord God, that you would move um, with quickness, Father, um, to see about your children. Now, God, as we look to your word, we ask for a quick understanding as we take a deep dive into um, the Lord's Supper. Um, it's something that we do, and I pray today that after this lesson, we will have a new passion for participating in the Lord's Supper. And we'll have a new um, excitement about communing with the saints. So God, uh, give us ear to hear, and help us, God, to be grateful and be thankful. And we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, so to, to, to kind of uh, give up some background to what we're looking at here, our the title of our lesson is The Lord's Supper. Brother Pharaoh read to us um, Paul's version of The Lord's Supper in those verses, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, um, verses um, 14 through 22. I want to first start out by telling you that the Lord's Supper is recorded in the Bible four times. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and 1 Corinthians. It talks to us about, for my note takers, y'all, it's in all the Gospels, okay? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and in 1 Corinthians. Paul talks to us about um, the, the how we are to examine ourselves, how we are to um, partake together of the Lord's Supper. Um, we find here um, in the Gospels, the Gospels are called the synoptic books. That means they all three tell what? The same story, okay? They all three record the same story, but you've got three different versions of the same thing that happened. That's, that, that would happen right here, right now, today, if somebody was to come in here or we were to go outside and witness an accident. There would be like three or four different accounts of the same accident, right? And so that's what we find here in the Gospels. So what, what I want to point out is that Luke 
is the writer of, of the book Luke, right? Who is Luke? A physician. Talk loud now so I can hear. We can move fast. He was a physician. What do you like most about your physician? A social worker and a doctor. What does that mean? Okay, so he's very um, studious, observant, pays attention to details, right? Anything else? Compassionate, right? Takes time to explain things and talk to you and, and show you stuff that other people have missed. Doctors have, have, have that knowledge and that insight that other people don't have. I was talking to a friend of mine, she went to the dentist a couple of weeks ago, and the dentist um, did something, hit something in her tooth. This is what the dentist said. I hit something in your tooth when I was trying to numb you. And so when she got home and three, four days later, it's still numb. So she called the dentist and went back to the dentist, and the dentist said, I don't know what happened. So she went to the doctor, the physician, and the physician talked to her, did some research, gave her some medicine, and went back, told her, uh, did some x-rays that the, the dentist was supposed to do, too. went back and told her they hit a nerve. But the doctor, the, the dentist is a doctor, too, right, you would think. But, but this physician spent time in discovering what the problem was and what my friend needed to do to get her mouth back together. What you, why do you, why you go there, Pastor? Because I want you to understand that Luke here takes us into a deeper dive of the Lord's Supper. Matthew and Mark, they just hit the surface. They, they do like I would have done. Jesus took us in the upper room. He prayed over some bread, broke it off. We ate and we drank and got drunk. But Luke was really specific and detailed about some things, and that's what we're going to look at today. So let me let me let me start with um, for those of you that have your book, want to follow along. Three hundred and forty-two. Uh, let's go back to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Uh, the Bible tells us it was a religious and a political seat for Palestine. Just had a friend, my, the same friend that had the mouth problem, she just came back from Palestine. Had the opportunity to talk to her last night. And we were on the phone, and so uh, Dr. Wheeler was asking her, what does Gethsemane look like now? What does the Mount of Olives look like now? Did you get a chance to go to Bethlehem and go to the temple? And she says, you know what? I did. And she says, on top of, on top of the original two temples, there's another temple, and it is um, a temple where the Muslims go and worship. And so as we look at our lesson here, we will see 
exactly what she was talking about, these two temples being built on top of each other, and now there's another temple. It says, Jerusalem was both the religious and the political seat of Palestine, and the place where the Messiah was expected to return. It is located 14 miles west of the Dead Sea. Let me tell you what she told me about the Dead Sea. She said she got in the Dead Sea, and everybody that got in floated. You don't sink down. You, you float. And the mineral, the, the, the dirt, mineral, and the uh, mud that's in the Red Sea is good for your body and your skin. Okay? So I'm trying to give us some reasons to want to travel. Get them passports, y'all. Um, the temple was located there, and many Jewish families from all across the world traveled to Jerusalem during the important feast. The temple sat on a hill overlooking the city. Solomon had built the first temple on the same site almost a thousand years earlier, but the Babylons destroyed that temple, and then they rebuilt the temple by Herod the Great. And his was larger and remodeled. Kind of like what, what they do now to our, our homes. Take them and genderfy them. It, it was a two-bedroom shack. Now it's a four-bedroom, three-bed. Y'all. Okay. So Jesus spent a lot of time in Jerusalem at the temple. What was he doing at the temple? And what was he teaching and preaching about? Sound doctrine about what? About, about what was his life, the purpose of his life. So Luke here gives us um, the, the, the detail of the life, the purpose, and the effects of Jesus' ministry. So Jesus was talking about what's going to happen in the kingdom of God. Now, they didn't understand that. What are you talking about? The kingdom of God. What, what's going to happen? That's the place I'm going to be. And when I get there, I'm going to prepare a place for you. But you got to believe. you got to confess. you got to live like you believe. you got to walk like you believe. And when you get there, there's mansions not made by hand. The streets are paved with gold. There's no sickness. There's no death. There's no worrying. There's no crying. There's no bills. It's the kingdom of God. It's where we'll live forever. And what you going to do when you get there? Praise his name forever in the kingdom. So Jesus was talking to them. He was talking to them about the kingdom of God. He was talking to them about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Mother Kim said the gospel. You can imagine being kind of confused. Somebody preaching and teaching to you about their death, their burial, and their resurrection, and how it was all for you, if not for them. But what I'm going to do, what, what's going to happen, it's all for you. Ah, ain't got a reason to give God praise? All right. So, so Jesus um, was at Jerusalem. And 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 um, the feast that they were getting ready to partake of was a feast of the unleavened bread, also known as the feast of the Passover. Always took place in about March to April. 
All right? Anybody know where we first hear of, of the word Passover? What book of the Bible? Exodus. Okay? Exodus. I'm not going to ask you Exodus what. Try six. I'm going to go there real quick so that you can um, kind of get a good understanding of, of what happened here during the Passover. Now, welcome to our guests, and thank you for joining us. Amen? Welcome. Um, Exodus chapter 6. I'm going to start, and I'm reading from my Dr. O.B. Williams Bible again, the Living Bible. I'm going to start right here at verse 6. Exodus chapter 6, verse 6. You can write this down to go back to get a good history, to get a good understanding. But this is Moses, and he's talking to the children of Israel, right? And he says, uh, now you see what I should do to Pharaoh. That's the Lord telling Moses, I'm going to do something to Pharaoh. Because Pharaoh been having y'all slaves too long. I've been nice to Pharaoh. I sent you, and I told you to ask him nicely. You know, please let my people go. And you, you, the Pharaoh just wouldn't do it. And, and, and you went back again and you asked him and you asked him nicely. You were like, come on now, Pharaoh, just come on and let my people. And he did. And so God did, did some things, right? So right here it says, um, therefore tell the descendants of Israel that I will use my mighty power and perform great miracles to deliver them from slavery and make them free. So he put plagues in the land. Y'all remember that story, right? Locusts and frogs and boils and blood. And the very last plague, the tenth plague, was the plague of the killing of the firstborn of everything. The firstborn of everything. So if it was the firstborn calf, it got killed. If it was that firstborn goat that we talked about last week, it got killed. If it was the firstborn sheep, it got killed. If it was the ram, if it was your son. So this was the order that had came down because Pharaoh was his heart had been hardened. This was the tenth plague. And the children of Israel were given instructions. Go kill that lamb. Against the his top, like a, a brush that you would use to barbecue them red. It ain't not a perfect brush, you know. It's something you made up, you know. But 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 get it and and take it, the blood from the lamb, and and right there where you sit, see that pole right there. Go up that pole, go across the door. Mother Glow, see that pole behind you. Come down that pole. Go in the house. Shut the door. Sound like 2020. Go in the house. Shut the door. And when I come through to kill all the firstborn, if I see the blood of the lamb, I'm going to pass over. So that was the first Passover. All right? And so, look at this. this I'm, 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 I, I want y'all to hear this because remember, I put it's a lot to cover. We dig in deep, but we're gonna do it quickly. 
Jehovah their God, who has rescued them from the Egyptians. I will bring them into the land I promised to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It shall belong to my people. Now, there's four things that we see that happens right here. It doesn't say it, but when you do a deep dive inside, you see God being uh, four things for the children of Israel. You see him um, being a sanctifier, a sanctifier. Sanctification means what? Separated, to be pulled out from something. So the first sign of sanctification was what? Uh-huh. But the blood stain on the post and the door, right? The second thing we see him being is a deliverer. What did he say? I'm going to deliver you from slavery and do what? Make you free. The next thing we see God being to the children of Israel is a redeemer. Because I will, I will make you free, and I will accept them as my people, and they will be my God. He's, he's getting them back. Y'all see that? And then the next thing we see him being is a restorer. That was four things, right? Don't forget those four things, because we're going to talk about them in a minute. We saw God in Exodus 6. Being um, the, the children of Israel experience sanctification, deliverance, redemption, and restoration. Okay? So, the Passover celebration was always in March or April. And it was, the, our book says seven days, but I read eight days of a celebration. Okay? With unleavened bread. Unleavened bread alone. That's all they can eat. Um, the unleavened bread meant that they didn't have time to prepare it. They set it out, flattened it out, ate it, left. All right? Yeast. They couldn't put any yeast in the bread. Why? It didn't have time to rise. So it would mess up the bread, right? Okay, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm coming. I'm, 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 you, you're good, mother. But, but the, the, at this time, the, the yeast would have messed up the bread. And, and so as mother was saying, that the yeast here for us represents sin. Y'all with me? A little leaven unleavens the whole loaf. A little sin causes us to be messed up. So don't don't say there's no such thing as a big sin or a little sin. Sin is sin. And we cannot have any sin in our lives because it what? Messes us up. Causes us to slow down because now I gotta stop and deal with that thing. But I live 
holy and righteous before the Lord, I'm ready to run for my life. I'm ready to go tell a straight story. I'm ready to go do a great work for the Lord. But when I got sin in my life, I got to stop and deal with that thing. Because I don't want to be bleeding on other people. I don't want to mess up other people with my stinky thinking. So we find here in our lesson the institution of the Lord's Supper. Why do we do the Lord's Supper? To remember him. To commemorate. What are you remembering? He was a good man. He was good looking. Tall, dark, skinny, long, beautiful hair. He turned water into wine. Is that what we're remembering? He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He fed folk with fish and pulled fish on fish and bread. Why do we, what are we remembering about him? Huh? He died on the cross for our sins. He rose from the dead. And he's sitting on the throne. So we remember him. Go back to them four words he wrote down. We are remembering him because he has sanctified us. He has delivered us. He has redeemed us. And he has restored us. And he is restoring us. That's what we're remembering when we commune together. Now the festivals, all of the festivals that they had were a symbolism of God's protection and deliverance. The children of Israel, remember when God, uh, when Joshua was leading them, and um, he told, he, the Lord God told them, he says, get stones to put stones in, in the water and, and build, you know, remember that story? I, I know you remember, Sister Nettle. Anybody remember that story? Y'all, okay, y'all need to go. Y'all remember that story? No? Okay. So Joshua was, was leading the children of Israel, and, and they had to set up a place of memorial. And so they set up the stones, and they kind of built up like a, a little altar, and then it just made a little path where they had been wandering and where they had been. And so when Joshua asked, why are we doing this? He said, so that when your children and your children's children and your children's children come to this place, they will have a remembrance of what I have done for them. So it is important, thanks of God, that we talk to our children and our children's children and our children's children about why we do communion, the Lord's Supper, why we do this holy ordinance of the church. People just think, well, it's something that we're supposed to do every Sunday. Can I tell you that's a lie? The Bible says as often as you do this. Okay? So it didn't say do it every first Sunday and dress in black and white. That is what the Bible says. The Bible says as often as you do this, you show forth that you remember what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross over 2,000 years ago. So Jesus, Brother Sarah, we talked about this last week. Jesus did not come to do away with the Old Testament. He came to fulfill the Old Testament, the law. And so when we look at the Passover, they killed 
that had no blemishes. It was it was spotless, had no sin. And when Jesus was crucified, he had no blemishes. He had no sin. He was the perfect Lamb of God. And he was crucified to redeem us. So the Lord's Supper is not just us partaking of the bread, the cracker, the juice, the wine. It is symbolically saying, God, I worship you for the life that you lived, the ministry that you did, and that you died a horrible death for me. For me. You delivered me. You sanctified me. You redeemed me. And you restored me. So let's quickly look at, at, at what Paul, what Luke did here. Luke gives us this story, and Luke says, um, now let me let me go back so that I can tell you the difference. Matthew and Mark and Paul start out with the bread. Okay? They they said, Jesus, um, this, I love this story. Let me, let me, oh, Jesus. So, y'all, I put this, this is deep. Um, they were in Bethany. Jesus and the disciples were in Bethany, getting ready to go to Jerusalem for the Passover. And Jesus told um, um, Peter and John, he said, y'all go ahead and prepare the meal. He said, where should we go? He said, well, you're going to see a man, and he's going to be carrying a pitcher of water. And when he walks in the house, you go in behind him. And you tell him that the teacher needs a place for us to have the Passover meal. And they was like, just walk up to this man and ask him. And Jesus said, he's already going to have the room ready. I, I had to put that back in the story right here to give us a, a point here. God knows what we need before we know what we need. And he will prepare what we need before we get to what we need. That was good to me. That was good to me. And so he sent them to go, and that's where they come, and you find them in the upper room. And they're sitting at the table. And he's sitting at the table with his betrayer, Judas. And he tells them, we're about to eat the Passover meal. He says, I'm, I'm not going to eat until I, I, I get through with what my assignment is. I'm not going to eat nothing, drink nothing until I get into the kingdom of God. But sitting here with us right now, is this betrayer. Don't you know that sometimes your enemy is right there with you? Sometimes we are our worst enemy. And so the disciples, they start looking around, who is it? It ain't me. I'm not. I ain't going to do nothing. And Jesus told him, he said, you know, don't worry about it. It's going to happen. I, I know it's going to happen. He said, Peter, you don't even deny me. Three times before the clock crowed in the morning. Not me, Lord. Y'all go back and read this lesson. And so, um, another point to make. 
for us. Because all this stuff that's going on in the world, we cannot get distracted. We have to remember that God already knows. Okay? He already knows. He's in the midst of it. He is in control. What did I say last Sunday? He, he gives power and honor at what? His discretion. All we are to do is trust and believe. Honor and obey. So Matthew, and, and I'm done, and we're going to commune together. Um, Matthew and Mark start off with the bread, the wine, and then the kingdom. And, and Paul talks about the bread and the cup. But Luke, remember who he was? The one that paid attention to detail? Very detail-oriented. He says that Jesus took the cup, blessed the cup, and told us to share it among ourselves. Because within this, we have something in common. What do you think we all have in common with each other? We are sinners. <laughs> Y'all jumped all into the holiness. We saved. <laughs> we are sinners. And if you say you ain't sin, the Bible says you are lying. And the truth ain't in you. So we all have this thing in common. We all need a savior. We all need a deliverer. We all need to be sanctified. We all need to be redeemed. We all need to be restored. So he passed the first cup. Then he takes it, he blesses it, and he, they drink of it. That's Luke. You read Luke. Then Luke says he took the bread. And he says, this is what Brother Pharaoh said in 1 Corinthians. He says, this, this cup represents my blood. This bread represents my body. Then Luke says, he takes another cup. Now, in the Passover, if you were to go to a traditional Passover meal, there are several different cups that they drink from. The Bible talks about a fifth cup. Anybody know what that is? Okay, Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, if not my will, but thy will be done. Take this cup away from me. That cup was full of our sins. He wasn't no sinner. Now he got to become a drunkard. He got to become a liar. He got to become a fornicator. He got to become an adulterer. He got to become a backbiter, a gossiper, a murderer, a whoremonger. He took on the sins of the whole world. That's a bitter cup to drink. So he takes on our sins. And he surrenders himself. Judas, I looked it up. Judas, he's a cheat. Okay. In October 2020, 30 pieces of silver weighed 63 cents per gram. That means 
he got $264.60 if we was to look at it in our money today. He sold Jesus out for a little of nothing. He betrayed him. All a part of the plan. He kissed him. Greeted him. And they knew who to arrest. They arrested him. Be careful of folks that make plans behind closed doors after the meeting. See, that's what they did. They, they knew that if they were to arrest Jesus publicly, they would cause a riot. So after the meeting, they had a meeting, and your boy Judas was there. The good thing about this story is that they didn't take his life. He gave it up. He gave it up. For me and for you, he gave his life that we may have life and have life more abundantly. So, Sister Kamisha, can you, uh, uh, I know it wasn't work. It wasn't work. It wasn't work. I wanted us to commune today, and, and you'll probably, uh, we're, we're going to commune quite a bit the next couple of weeks. Amen. We're going to have a foot-washing service. We'll have communion. Yes. We're going to have Easter worship. We're going to have communion. Amen. Not because we're trying to be greater, but because we want to make sure that we commemorate what he did for us on Calvary. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the lesson of today. Now, we thank you for the teachings of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and of Paul. Paul gets home and says, let a man examine himself before he partakes. And so God, shine your light from heaven on our hearts. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Everything you find in us that's not like you, remove it now. Fill us with your peace your presence, your love, your joy, your strength, that we may represent you in these last days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The body model and Oh, uh-huh. 
and I'm here to testify. God is not dead, He's still alive. The same blood that was shed way back at Calvary is the same blood that's working now for me. Oh, His blood redeems me from the stain of sin and his blood cleanses me deep down within so if you ask me how I made it and how I've overcome I can tell you it's because of the blood blood still for the blood. How many of you know about the blood today?
praise the Lord. Somebody praise. Somebody, somebody, somebody praise the Father.